everyone. I'm Ryan from Fireside Knicks with my friend and co-host Dylan Backer, and we have free agency right around the corner. It's a very exciting time to be a Knicks fan. It's a very exciting time to be an NBA fan. Um, it's always fun. Things happen left and right. Uh, there's going to be a flurry of news coming out, um, and I'm really excited for the, to see how the Knicks kind of handle free agency. I don't think they're going to be, you know, there's no franchise altering superstar in the market that the Yankees are in the Yankees, the Knicks are going to be going after, or that is even available in the first place. Like no, no disrespect to Kyrie Irving, but I don't think number one, Kyrie Irving is coming to the Knicks or number two would be a guy who would help the Knicks win a championship for a myriad of reasons. But with that being said, um, you know, there's still some guys that the Knicks are going to be looking at in the market. There are some extension talks Knicks could end up having. There was a report today about Emmanuel quickly. We'll definitely get into that. But with all of that being said, Dylan, how are you doing today, my friend? And most importantly, you know, how excited are you for free agency, man? Kind of tell me what, where your uh, mindset's at. Right, man. Right. I mean, free agency, you know, it starts uh, tomorrow night, I believe. So, you know, that's going to be interesting to see. You know, uh, the Knicks are linked to a couple guys in free agency, free agency such as Dante DiVincenzo. That's the main uh, big ticket guy they're kind of linked to. It seems like that it's a likely possibility that they at least – make an offer to, to uh, DiVincenzo. I'd be kind of shocked if they didn't. You know, he obviously has the Villanova connection with uh, Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart. He's a CAA guy. I know some people were annoyed about hearing about the news of Dante DiVincenzo because they think the Knicks are just going after CAA guys or guys from Villanova. That's not the case. It's because Dante DiVincenzo is, could be a pretty solid fit with the New York Knicks. So, I mean, that, that, that would just make sense right there. I mean, you could slide him in in the backup guard role. You can go back to a 10-man rotation so you're not drilling your guys into the ground for a full season of nine guys. Yes, I know the nine-man rotation brought success, but let's be real. It's going to drill them to the ground, and they're going to be tired in the postseason. And we honestly saw that just this past postseason. So, you run, you bring back a 10-man rotation. You put Dante DiVincenzo in a like the backup guard spot and pair him with Emmanuel quickly, Josh Hart, uh, whoever the backup forward is going to be, if it's if it's going to be Obi Toppin, but I don't expect it to be Obi Toppin, and Isaiah Hartenstein, then you have a pretty good lineup right there of defense, shooting, rebounding, playmaking. I mean, you got a pretty solid bench unit right there. DiVincenzo is also capable of making starts, so if they choose to put Quentin Grimes on the bench and make DiVincenzo the starter alongside Brunson, that can also work. You could kind of plug and play him anywhere, so... That could be that's a wait and see approach to see if the Knicks actually go ahead and you know sign him to a contract. That would be something to see. That's definitely the, one of the big things to watch. But another thing I want to watch also is Josh Hart and his contract situation. You know, the other day they extended his uh deadline to you know for his player option until Thursday, which is actually today. So you know, we'll have to, we'll see you know, when, what's going to happen with that. We'll see if Josh Hart, you know, declines or accepts that player option. You know, it's an interesting, interesting decision that they extended it. You know, I thought that that wasn't going to happen, but you know, it's a pretty improving sign that it is because maybe they'll be able to get him on that player option and have him be on a cheaper deal than signing him to a new 20 million, $18 million a year deal. That's an interesting thing to watch for as well. I think Josh Hart coming back to the Knicks is almost certainly a lock, but I don't I wonder if it's going to be through that player option or if they sign him to a new contract, he becomes a free agent, they sign him to a new contract. We'll have to wait and see on that, you know, but the Knicks can definitely work work their ways with this. And I think Josh Hart really wants to stay with the New York Knicks. I think that's a big reason why they were, they extended it in the first place. So we'll just have to see. I want Josh Hart back. I'm sure you want Josh Hart back. I'm sure a lot of guys want Josh Hart back. He just fits so well to his Knicks team. He did so much for us throughout the, in the time he was here in the regular season and in the postseason. Yes, I know the Miami series was not the best, but you know we're not in the second round probably without him. So 
It's important to see if we can bring him back. He's definitely a priority to bring to bring back for sure. But those are kind of just my opening thoughts on it. What do you think about all that stuff? Yeah, no, I think Josh Hart is a integral part of this team. The way he was a great fit on this roster, despite not having a training camp. You know, in the NBA, it's really tough as an NBA uh, trade deadline acquisition to find synergy with your team. Oftentimes, you see rosters take off, you know, in the second year at that player, when they have a full season and a full offseason and training camp and all that stuff. Uh, and Josh Hart fit in perfectly for what the Knicks needed. Obviously, the synergy there with Jalen Brunson was exquisite, but it wasn't just Jalen Brunson. He worked really well with everyone on that roster. He and Emmanuel quickly ran that bench squad, and they did so effectively. Um, I thought Hart brought, you know, d- defense, rebounding, some shooting, and, you know, a... a a presence on the court and off the court that I think the Knicks desperately needed. Um, he's still pretty young. He's a guy you can give a, a you know a three or four year deal to, uh, and you don't feel like you're worried about him regressing necessarily too much. And I of course think that the Knicks would be able to do so at an affordable rate, which I think is the big thing here. Um, but you mentioned this with Dante DiVincenzo, you know, just kind of like oh well, they're only signing you know Villanova guys or guys that they you know that Leon Rose uh, used to represent. Well, here's the thing: Dante DiVincenzo is good. Uh, if the Knicks only go after good players and all the good players are in that agency yeah i'll sign me up for that um you know i don't really mind having a situation where players have an influence over you know who's on the team or who's not on the team because basketball is a very synergy based game this isn't baseball where you know you just have nine guys in a lineup and what they do doesn't really affect the other person too much um in basketball, it's very important, and having that synergy is important. And, you know, Dante DiVincenzo, let's remove the synergy argument from a second here. Looking at what the Knicks need, again, it's it's shooting and defense, and he does both those things extremely well. Does need the ball in his hands to do a lot, and, you know, I was discussing this with Alex a little bit earlier, right? You know, kind of looking at where the Knicks offense kind of struggled at times, especially in the postseason, there are a lot of guys who need the ball in their hands in that starting lineup. RJ Brunson and Randall all really feel like they need the ball in their hands to have success. Um, and while I do think Randall could transition to more of like a three point shooting specialist because he's taken a lot of threes in his career over the last couple of years, it's still a weird fit to have all three of them together. And as a, as a trio, they had a negative net rating. Dante DiVincenzo is the opposite of that. Um, and I'm not saying it's selfish to want the ball. There are guys who just, they play better with the ball in their hands and off ball. Uh, Trey Young's a great example of this. That doesn't make Trey Young a selfish player. That doesn't make Trey Young a bad player. He is a superstar, right? Like regardless of how we feel about him, that is what he is. He is a star level point guard. Um, Luka Doncic, that dude, he's got to be, he has to have the ball in his hands or else he's not going to be able to be as efficient or as effective. Uh, and if you think Luka Doncic is a selfless uh, or not as good of a ba- basketball player as some of the other guys in this league, you are crazy. Uh, so, you know, I think looking at what the Knicks need as a fit, you know, if they have a couple more guys who can work better off ball with a lot of the ball dominant guys they have on their roster, that would work really well. You know, just imagining a lineup where you have DiVincenzo and Grimes taking on the two best defenders, the two best offensive players on another team and allowing really the Knicks to have really good spacing, right? Those two guys in the corner or anywhere in the perimeter are dangerous. Um, Brunson and Randall are dangerous in the perimeter. Really the only guy that can't shoot at all is Mitchell Robinson, but he's such a force as a shot blocker that you really don't care anyways. And if you have the space it'll work. So uh, I guess the, the question I present to you is, Dylan, when you're looking at the free agency period, when you're looking at all the guys that are available, um, who do you think is like the dark horse guy? Like Kind of like how Isaiah Hartenstein was signed, not out of the blue. I think, you know, there's probably some rumors of interest, but it wasn't like Knicks and Isaiah Hartenstein was a lock the way it felt like Jalen Brunson to the Knicks was. Or hell, there's not even as much steam as there was with Dante DiVincenzo in the Knicks, and free agency hasn't even started yet. So who do you think that dark horse guy could be for the Knicks? And, you know, kind of give me your case for that player to join the Knicks. Right, so a dark horse type player, 
it honestly, you could maybe look at like a Torian Prince or something. He recently got, you know, Timberwolves recently declined his contract, so now he's a free agent. Fun fact: Torian Prince actually found that out through Twitter. So interesting uh, situation developing in Minnesota, I guess. But uh, with that being said, you know, regardless, um, he's definitely someone to watch for as a dark horse, if you want to call it that. You know, a solid wing player, solid guy who hustles, rebounds, can shoot a little bit too. I think a lot of us remember Torian Prince for randomly going eight for eight from three against us in a late March game. The same game that Julius Randle dropped 57 points in. That was that was a weird game. That was a really, really weird game. But with that being said, you know, he's definitely someone to watch for. Don't, I don't think it's necessarily a lock or a guarantee. I feel like if the Knicks go after a wing, it's going to be in the trade market. They're going to look to try to trade more for a more established star level talent closer to all-star level talent rather than like sign a you know role player type guy in Torian Prince so I don't think it's necessarily likely that they're gonna bring a guy like him in but if there was a dark horse candidate to possibly be signed it would be him probably I mean it's someone that most people won't expect it's someone that most people won't really anticipate coming here but it's possible because he is in fact a free agent so they're just technically a one in 30 chance that he comes to the New York Knicks um someone before would have probably been like a Nas Reed another guy in Minnesota but he recently signed a contract extension with Minnesota so I feel like they're not going to get rid of Nas Reed I feel like they're going to stick with him for a while so that's someone I'm kind of just erasing from my my uh, wish list in, in a sense because I kind of like Nas Reed I would have I would have definitely invited you know, had invited a possibility of him coming to the Knicks, but it's not happening probably. So those are kind of just my dark horse candidate. Maybe another one would be like a possible, like maybe like a Max Struess or something like that. But I know Max Struess struggled badly in the NBA finals. So I feel like that might be a drawback for the Knicks. And I don't know if they're going to be exactly rushing to sign him to a contract. I still think the priorities lie on DiVincenzo and Josh Hart in free agency in particular. I feel like any other moves that are made will be done via the trade market. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of free agency moves being done by the New York Knicks. The most possible you might see is like, you know, extending Josh Hart. Uh, signing DiVincenzo probably, you know, I'm, I'm saying probably because they, they're heavily linked. So I would, I anticipate that it's likely that it can happen, but I also got, I will acknowledge the fact that it's not a guarantee. I know other teams, <clears throat> I know other teams are interested in DiVincenzo. So we'll just have to wait and see on that. Maybe they sign a power forward or something like that, like a small power forward that, you know, that was available, not like a role player type power forward. If they choose to replace Obi Toppin via the free agency market, instead of trading him away to somewhere else and finding a replacement that way, I don't know what they're going to do. They have a lot of ways they can go about this, though, and they definitely need to do something, though, for sure. I, you know, if they don't do a lot in free agency, they need to do a lot in the trade market. I think that's a, that's a must, especially if this Knicks team wants to head back to the postseason next year and head back into the second round and possibly the Eastern Conference Finals and possibly the NBA Finals if they can really get that far. I think they got to make some moves. I definitely am excited to see what they do in free agency maybe they'll shock us maybe they'll get get somebody that we did not expect them to get at all whatsoever so who knows what they're going to do i'm excited for it i'm also nervous for it at the same time because i want to make sure we get the pieces we need to get but i'm also very excited to see what they do because I'm, I'm excited to see some new additions to the roster i'm excited you know I, i'm excited to see some new pieces new faces next season and i'm just yeah i'm just excited about it what do you think about all that yeah, no, so I think the really interesting thing you mentioned was, um, you know, 
I think Torian Prince as a concept, not just like him specifically, but the fact that the Knicks are likely going to look for their backup power forward. I think Obi Toppin's time as a Nick is going to come to an end, um, you know, and, and whether that's the right choice or not, we'll have to wait and see on that front. Um, but, you know, I, I personally think that that's the position that they're going to surprise the most at. That's the one I have the most uncertainty at. And I think that's the one that we're going to see. Uh, not the most random. I think random's a very, uh, you know, I think random has kind of like a negative connotation to it. I mean, more so like the most uncertain position. That's the one where I think they can get a little creative here. Um, you know, I really would like the fit of Torian Prince in New York because of, you know, just what he provides at that position and kind of, again, looking at what the Knicks need. It's shooting a defense. I think Prince can help there. Um, you know, I, I think Struce is an interesting name as well just because um, of how well he performed as role player prior to the NBA Finals. And you can make a re- – like, it, it felt like the entire Miami roster just fell off a cliff in the Finals. And whether that's a, uh issue regarding – um, really, they're uh, maybe they're tired. I don't really know. Uh, they did play a grueling series with the Celtics, so we'll see if that was the issue there. Uh, but there's always that like fear of paying a role player after a really good run and feeling like you're in a situation where you're overpaying them. That's kind of how I feel with a guy like Bruce Brown, but you know, we'll wait and see on that front. Um, there's this free agency is really, it's not as good as previous classes. Um, there's not a lot of like just definitive star level players or anything like that. Um, and I think that's kind of the reason why this free agency is super confusing because like, you don't want the next to over, uh, you don't want the next to overly invest in this free agent class, but you do want them to bring in the right guys. You do want them to get better. I wonder how active they'll be on the trade front. Um, I wonder how they're going to make their improvements. I think that heart is all but a lock. I think I'm very confident saying Josh Hart comes back to the Knicks. I'd say they're most likely guy to sign is Dante DiVincenzo. I think that's kind of the guy they're been. That's the guy they really want. Um, and I don't see a reason why they won't pony up the money for him. And I don't see a reason why it'll get too absurd. Now, if someone gives him like $15 million a year, then yeah, the Knicks aren't signing Dante DiVincenzo. And I wouldn't sign Dante DiVincenzo at that price tag. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see on that front. Um, you know, I think kind of the last thing I wanted to kind of touch up on here uh, when it comes to free agency is, you know, do you think that you know, do you think that the Knicks are going to extend Emmanuel quickly this offseason? Because that's another big storyline now. Um, I know he mentioned he wants a nine-figure deal. I think Emmanuel quickly's value is, is is a lot higher than some people give it credit for. This is a really good NBA player. Like, this is objectively a really, really good NBA player. Um, if you give him that over five years, um, you know, uh, it's not too bad of a luxury tax hit or salary cap hit. Um, you know, I, I think the pressure, the pressure is really going to come down to, you know, whether the Knicks are going to meet quickly's offer, how willing quickly is to come down on his price point and really where they end up meeting in the middle. I think this is a player that really means a lot to this team and does a lot well for this team. And I, I not that he's impossible to replace, but I think he's really hard to find uh, a bench player. that's going to be as valuable as man quickly to this team. So Dylan, what do you think about this situation and, and kind of how you think this could play out over the off season? Right. So the Emmanuel quickly stuff, we obviously saw the reports this morning, you know, that from heavy.com saw Sean Davini, I think that's how you pronounce his name. He said that quickly is seeking a contract extension close to nine figures, which is basically a hundred million. That's the type of contract he wants. That's the type of extension he wants. He wants to make a lot of money, you know, it's preferably over a four year deal from what I heard. So we be making upwards of close to 25 million a year. That's a lot of money. I'm not going to sit here and lie. It is a lot of money. I do think Emmanuel Quickly's value is underappreciated, though. I think he can be a very high-level impact player as a six-man or even possibly as a starter one day, you know, as a guy who's a good two-way threat, good shooter, good rebounder, good playmaker, you know, obviously a fantastic defender. So I think he has a lot of value. My concern with, with uh, extending him for $100 million, though, like this offseason, I feel like you – I feel like you – you obviously don't want him to hit free agency if you want to keep him around. So I understand that. There are pros and cons to it, but at the same time, 
My concern is if they shell out $100 million for Emmanuel quickly and then he doesn't pan out or he doesn't do as good as he did last year. Because if we look at last season, he was, if we're being real here, he was for the on a whole season scale, postseason, beginning of season, all that included, it was a little inconsistent. Yes, overall on the season, he was, you know, he was great. He was six-man finalist, all that stuff. But if you remember, the first two, three months of the season, he was rough. He was rough, and they almost traded him away. Then he turned it up a notch, and he became a much better player for the rest of the season, which was fantastic. But then he took a step back in the playoffs. That's those are my concerns. I think those are reasonable concerns to have. You know, I'm not saying that I'm not now. I just want to make it clear. I'm not saying no. Don't extend Emmanuel quickly. I love Emmanuel quickly. I want. I, you know, I think he can be an integral piece for this New York Knicks team going forward for for several years to come. I think he's a core piece that they should you know definitely consider sticking around. But at the same time. At what price tag? You know, the Knicks are also have have a lot of money attached to uh, Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, right now R.J. Barrett too. So that means if they're going to extend quickly, one of those guys, one of those guys, definitely not Jalen Brunson, but one of probably like Barrett or Randle. That how would that affect them? You know, the Knicks can't afford to just shell out a hundred million dollar contracts to everybody. You know, so it's going to affect one of those guys most likely, and I think they have to consider that there are going to be ripple effects to it. You know, and I, like I said. I love Emmanuel quickly. I love that guy. I think he's an amazing player, but there's just, you know, the contract situation with the team. There's, you know, they got a bunch of contracts that are still being shut out. They still got to extend Josh Hart as well. So that's going to be more money put on the books. Yes, they're probably going to get rid of Evan Fournier and take some off there right there. And they got rid of Derek Rose's contract, but they still got more contracts to add. They still got money to pay. They got stars to put to pay. They got to try to make a move and possibly pay another star. So it's interesting what they're going to do with it. I don't know exactly how the Knicks are going to approach it. I feel like if an extension happens, it's not going to happen this offseason. I feel like they might wait it out. And yes, I understand there's a risk to it because you don't want him to hit the free agency market if you want to keep him around. You don't want that. I understand that. But at the same time, I don't want to jump the gun too soon and give him $100 million when he's not guaranteed to duplicate the success, especially considering that he did he wasn't like this all season long. He was rough for the first three months and bad in the postseason. He was fantastic from the late December to April. That was he's fantastic. If you're paying him strictly off of that, then that's what you would get. But it feels like you know you don't want to pay him strictly because of a good three month stretch. And I'm not saying Emmanuel quickly only had a good three months. No, I'm just saying like you know, it's not like he's proven anything. Like I don't, I'm not over here saying he's proven that he's like established. He's going to be consistent all the time. I don't want to reach that point yet when I haven't seen him do it for a full entire season, a full season, not talking about just three months of the season, full season, playoffs included, all that good stuff. That's what I think $100 million contracts should be shelled out to, you know, and that's kind of just my thoughts on it. Maybe some people disagree with me. Maybe some people agree with me. If you agree, you agree. If you don't, you don't. You know, I'm just a little hesitant. I'm not as like ready to press the button right now and say, yes, extend the manual quickly right now. I'm not as ready to do that just because of that price tag. If they could get him for a little cheaper than that, that'd be a different story. But he wants $100 million, so that's going to be obviously tough. And those are going to be some hard hard uh, conversations at the negotiating table whenever they do have those conversations for extension talks. So it was kind of just my thoughts on it. I, you know, I don't want to hate on the guy. I'm not hating on him at all. I'm just hesitant because of the money. I think it, you know, there's financial repercussions to it. And that's really what it, what it comes down to. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that you want to get another year of sample size, ideally. Like, in an ideal world, that's what you want to do. I think the Barrett extension is a really good example of this. They should have waited next year on that extension. They didn't. Obviously, you risk losing him in free agency, but now that looks a lot better than, hey, we have to bring him back because he's RJ Barrett. He's our guy. Like, we drafted him. We got to bring him back. And now you're stuck with a contract that 
could age really poorly, number one, or number two, it could lead to him getting traded, right? Like, in a world where R.J. Barrett doesn't get that contract, are we really sitting here having a conversation about, all right, the Knicks have to trade R.J. Barrett? It probably looks more like, hey, all right, we're, pro- we're going to bring him back. It's not going to be a super large deal, but something that he can, you know, um, you know, be on this roster and isn't a, a financial crunch with because they gave him that contract, and that's guaranteed money. If the Knicks want to get better, they're going to have to move off that contract. And that's heartbreaking. That does suck, right? You know, guy gets paid, guy makes his bag. He, he's, he's, he's a made man. Like, he'll never have to, uh, you'll never have to worry about money for the rest of his life. And that, that's really, that's, that's what you'd want to do when you get into the NBA. Um, but unfortunately, that could spell the end of his time on the roster. And I wonder if something similar happens to Manuel quickly, where it's like, you know, the Knicks can only pay so many guys and, quickly becomes a cap casualty, I guess, is the best example of this. Not that he would get cut or anything, but maybe the Knicks look at him as someone to trade. And that sucks because I think he's really good. I think Emmanuel Quigley is amazing. Uh, so, you know, I think you wait a year, sample size, feel out the market a little bit. Um, you could always get an extension done midseason. Uh, it's not impossible. Um, so, you know, maybe you want a little bit of run there. But I do feel confident that Emmanuel Quickly is a good player to extend. I feel confident the Knicks are going to do their due diligence and that they're going to handle their process the right way. I think they like quickly. I love quickly. I think most fans really like quickly. Um, so I think he'll have, I think the Knicks will give him a fair offer and a fair shot to stay a Nick for at least a foreseeable future. But with that being said, again, free agency opens up tomorrow. Going to be a really exciting time. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm pumped. Um, I, I'm, I'm really, I, I wonder how the Knicks are going to handle this. I, there are obviously, again, just some th- things we talk about today that are, uh, more realistic possibilities than others. But, um, again, you never really can count an NBA team out of doing anything. This tra- we've already seen crazy trades. We see crazy trades and for agency stuff happen all the time. So I wonder how that goes this year. Uh, but yeah, with that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate you guys so much. Thank you guys for stopping by and you guys can check out our Instagram, our TikTok, our Facebook page, it's YouTube page and tweet at us at Fireside Knicks. Our personal Twitter accounts, they're above our heads. You guys can also check out the audio version of this podcast on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. And of course, check out Empire Sports Media for all your New York sports content. We'll have plenty of articles breaking down any of the moves Knicks make. And so we'd really love if you guys check those out. And I think you guys will love those pieces as well. So with that being said, again, thank you guys for stopping by and have a great rest of your day. Let's go Knicks. Peace out.